You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. I'm your good buddy, Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy the Dice God LaValle. It is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, and the fod is back, baby, with Joe and the Dice God. The Dice God. I didn't have anything to go with. I was just like, let's just see what happens. I'm the Dice God now. Yeah, it, it sounds like a good uh, good morning show uh, <laughs> with DJ Splash Dazzle and the Dice Guy coming to you live, twenty twenty three. We'll be signing autographs outside Radio Shack in Poughkeepsie this weekend. <laughs> Splash Agile and Dice God. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, it is uh, Fodder 2023. Uh, we are, it's an all new FOD, mm. but it's the same old FOD at the same time. Meet the new FOD. <laughs> same as the old FOD. Same as the old FOD. We are uh, back together, my good buddy Troy and I, for a weekly fodder show to talk network news and just get into uh, each episode of the Glass Cannon podcast, uh, which right now is Strange Aeons. It's going to be Strange Aeons until Gatewalkers is up and rolling. But for now, we're going to talk episode by episode and really kind of focus in on rules. You and I talked about this. We said we need to bring this back. The main reason being we're playing a new game. You know, and even if we're a couple of years in, it doesn't really matter because we have not had the reps that we had in Pathfinder 1E before we started that show of Giant Slayer. And look what a shit show that was. We had been yeah. playing for years. So I think that this is going to be a good way to shine a spotlight on our mistakes and on our victories and mm-hmm. uh, and learn the rules together. Yeah, I think it's important because, you know, when we jump into a new adventure path, which is going to start when we, when we launch the Gatewalkers, like we want to, I want to feel real good. And we've had some time with Chewie, but we can always get better. We're still making a lot of mistakes. And because we do so many other things, we don't take enough time always to go back and really listen. This is going to force us to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited to, to dig in and see what we did right as well as what we did wrong. Well, we're going to get to that in a little bit, but first, let's go through some network news. I mean, I, I'm we're going to have to get some drops going. Yeah, see, exactly. We're going to have to get that going for this for this new uh, FOD. We're going to have to get yeah, stuff for network news. We need a little Nick Lowe, uh, old school FOD drop. Network news, network news. Yeah, with like nine layers of harmony. Like, come on, Nick. <laughs> let's go, buddy. I, I'll have to send him. I'll shoot him an email right now. Uh, biggest news of the week is Blood of the Wild. Has to be. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, this Monday. It we dropped episode zero on Patreon yep. uh, for all of our ten dollars subscribers. If you want to check that out, it's it's an introduction to the world of the realm of the Mammoth Lords, where where this new Blood of the Wild is set, uh, which is a prehistoric setting. Are you uh you into any of this prehistoric setting stuff? Have you ever read any books or watched any movies that are specifically like early man? Do you know what I'm saying? You know who's really into prehistoric stuff? My uh, two-year-old. Really? Yeah. Loves dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. Dash. He well, lo- well, and he knows them all. He'll be like, Brachiosaurus. 
Uh, and we're like, what makes a Brachiosaurus special? He goes, long neck. Uh, he's way <laughs> into it. Um, that's because dinosaurs are for children. <laughs> well, we don't call them dinosaurs when we play the adult version of the game. We call them megafauna. So there you go. Okay? So <laughs> I'll admit that is pretty cool. Megafauna. It's a whole, whole, it's a whole different ball game. But yeah, so that show is, uh, it's not out yet. It's just episode zero. If you want to get introduced to the show, go check it out. The real episodes one, two, and three of that are coming in a couple weeks, and and we'll talk about that when it comes. And next week we got all four of your character introductions, like one on one sessions with Jared. So you and Jared, Skin and Jared, Mary Lou and Jared, Paul and Jared, all talking about their character. I mean, this is for the super nerds who like really like to get into that nitty gritty. But yeah, like you said, the show proper will launch. On January 16th, three episodes we're dropping. Yeah. And if you subscribe at even just $1, if you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to jump up to 10 yet, you'll get all three of those uh, at the $1 tier. Yeah. And just to highlight, it is that nitty gritty. Like part of it, uh, part of the character creation is figuring out a little bit of backstory stuff, a little bit of personality stuff. But really, it's it's going through the steps of character creation in 2E and building a character. So I think it could be very informative to people, too, if they want to learn, you know, how to build a new character, uh, <laughs> how to build an incredibly effective character. Just listen to my <laughs> listen to my episode and and, uh, and it'll lock it down. Talk to me about Haunted City. Uh, Haunted City wrapped up season one. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing. Just finished Bang. at the end of the year. But it also relaunched. What? What? Uh, well, I had mentioned this in the State of the Nation that all the shows that we launched last year, Haunted City, Time for Chaos, Voyagers of the Jump, The Game Garage, Inherit the Sand, and one that uh, like I'm doing an award ceremony, I just forgot to mention, like my cousin. Uh, there's one other show. But anyways, all of those, rather than just being on uh, Glass Cannon Presents, we're going to be splitting them all off into their own feeds. And then Glass Cannon Presents is going to go back to just being androids and aliens once all of those episodes have moved off. So rather than just throw a hundred episodes out all at once, we're going to slow trickle them out. And uh, on Monday, we dropped the first three episodes of Haunted City on its own RSS feed. Um, and so the hope is over between now and the next few months before season two launches, uh, all 25 episodes of season one will be available uh, on its own RSS feed. And then next week, I'm going to drop the first three episodes of Time for Chaos and then three more episodes of Haunted City. And then the following week will be like Voyagers or something. And over the next few months, we're going to get all of those on their own feeds. And so what we need you, the Nation, to do is to go to your, uh, you know, your podcast app of choice. Ideally, I iTunes, even if you don't use it, use Apple Podcasts, download the podcast, all three episodes, rate it and review it. We we asked people to do this on Monday on social media. We asked it on the Discord and people came out in droves to do it. And it already shot Haunted City into New and Noteworthy in the leisure section. And it's one of the now top games. You see Glass Cannon, <laughs> Glass Cannon presents in Haunted City. That beating that algorithm really helps this show find a new audience, which is going to help it grow and, and hopefully get us uh, more seasons of it. Expand the niche. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep updating you each week. We're going to release these on the new feeds and we just need your help. Any of you that can, can spare a few minutes of your time to go rate and review these new feeds, uh, whether you listen to the shows or not, it doesn't really matter. Just go in and help us out. And it'll really, uh, like you said, we're just trying to beat the algorithm and get those shows in front of people that wouldn't normally see them in this sea of podcasts, like yeah. that are just, you know, there's, there's a thousand more every day. Uh, and that might even be an understatement. <laughs> and you know, what's nice is like, if you never listen to it, maybe you didn't want to dig through the Glass Cannon Presents feed. Now you can just start at the beginning, have a nice fresh feed with each episode in chronological order, and you can relive it or live it for the first time. 
Well, in a little bit, we're going to talk rules of, of 2E. We're going to look back at the Philly show and dig into what we did right, what we did wrong. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But instead of just only focusing on 2E, of course, we have to learn a new game at the same time while we're doing all this in the form of, of our newest show, Glass Cannon Labs, mm. which starts next week. I don't know if people know this. This might be the first time you're hearing it, but we've announced games. Uh, yeah. Troy, please. You, yeah. You're leading us off. Uh, I, I wonder if people month. even know what Glass Cannon Labs are. I mean, I, we'd hope, but I mean, that's one of the reasons we relaunched the FOD here on the main feed is so that people have a one-stop shop for all the news of Glass Cannon Nation and Glass Cannon Network, uh, because maybe you don't follow us on Twitter or Instagram. You don't see these notes. You don't subscribe to the newsletter like a weirdo. Um, so now <laughs> we can learn you on what's happening. But Glass Cannon Labs is what I call uh, a classic Troy Valley toilet idea. Had it while sitting on the toilet, told it to Joe, and expected him to be like, absolutely not, I hate it. Because that's what he says whenever I bring up a cool idea. Um, I don't like and, the toilet idea. Your ideas are toilet ideas. And he loved this one. He loved my toilet idea. He was licking the rim. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the whole idea behind this is like, we. I've, I've wanted to bring back New Game Who Dis forever, and we just can't. Because it it's expensive to produce those episodes, and it is time-consuming, and we need to hire more staff. We, we're just not able to do it like we, we used to, because we've expanded the network into more series. But we love playing new games. That was the first thing that came out of the pandemic is like, we just want to play new games. Why don't we make a show and do it? Well, this is the same thing. We want to play new games, but we don't want to have all the pomp and circumstance that goes into creating a series and 10, 20 episodes and casting and audio sweetening and video capturing and sick. It's too much. So Glass Cannon Labs is literally that. We're going to just jump in the lab together, learn a new game and play it. No frills. And it's only going to exist on Twitch uh, for right now, at least. Um, and so I know a lot of people are upset about that. They're like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I hate watching things. And I get it. But that's why we offer 75 podcasts for you to listen to. Um, <laughs> this is something just really it's, it's for us and for people who like watching that and interacting with the chat. And the first show we're going to do is I'm going to be running Cyborg, which is the cyberpunk version of Mork Borg, which we ran on New Game Who Dis, coincidentally. And then, Joe, you're jumping in for the second week playing uh, what? Symbarum. Uh, I, I was I was reading it last night. The iPad literally hit me in the face as I <laughs> fell asleep in bed reading uh, Symbarum. So, yeah, I'm we're, we're digging in uh, to a couple new systems that we have been looking forward to playing, and we're just doing it in the labs, which is going to be – very like low frills, uh, just us sitting around learning this together and playing. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how it goes. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. Experiment 001 Cyborg. Yes. And it's going to be me uh, as the GM and you're going to be in it with Skid, Rob Kirkovich from Time for Chaos and Jason Charles Miller, who played with us at Gen Con. And we'll hopefully be seeing a lot more of them this year. I mean, great cast to start. And then after Symborum, Skid is going to run uh, the Blade Runner uh uh, what is it? The beginner box or the uh, starter kit? Yeah. Starter kit. Yeah. Which I, I can't wait for. He's been, he, I think he was hoping for a Blade Runner game before it ever existed. So obviously he's got to run that the second it came out. Uh, speaking of new games, well, not new games. Speaking of old games, you are planning to stream again. Oh. Some oldies but goodies, it sounds like. What are you this, doing? What are you yeah. cooking up over there? 2023 is the year of returning to our roots. We got the old <laughs> fod and we got Troy playing Dark Souls on stream. Isn't it crazy to think that our Twitch channel, which now basically pays a salary, uh, used to just be you and me playing Dark Souls for 
13 people <laughs> played <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls 3. Uh, and now, yeah, I'm, I've been wanting to do it for so long because I do play video games in my free time, but I'm like, I shouldn't have free time. I should be uh, monetizing this. No, I want to do this just uh, for two reasons. One, I really want to play video games with an audience again. I think it's fun. And I want to go back to games that got me back into video gaming. I mean, you were the one that, that told me about Skyrim uh, when we first met. And I was like, what's The Elder Scrolls? I haven't played video games in five years. And then I started playing Skyrim, went straight from Skyrim into Dark Souls 1. And so I'm going to be playing both of those games on stream. And so one of the reasons is a play game on stream. The other reason is, as I'm building the world for GCP 2.0, I really want to go back to the worlds that inspired me. And the worlds that inspired me were the worlds of Skyrim and Dark Souls. And there's reasons for that that I was telling you off air that I'm going to be talking about on stream, like things that I really like about these games. I want to bring that into the world that we're creating for GCP 2.0. So I can't wait. And uh, you'll hear it here first, I guess. Uh, Ralph Treadwell is coming back. <laughs> Dark Souls 1, we're bringing back Ralph. It's a Ralph prequel. It's a Ralph prequel. Yeah, Ralph <laughs> year one. Uh, <laughs> and I'm starting that this week. I got all the equipment. I'm, I'm ready to go. No more. I don't have another camera. I got it. It's it's happening. And I can't wait. Is that on the main channel or is that on the employee no, lounge? Employee lounge. We really want to beef up the employee lounge this year. You've been doing such great stuff on employee lounge. You beat Elden Ring. Now you're doing a second playthrough of Elden Ring. Skid's playing Dwarf Fortress. I mean, there's so much good stuff on there. We got Degenerate Dungeon. Uh, I want to do more on there because it's just a great place to hang out. And now that we have McD as our community manager, like he spends a lot of time on there as well. He's going to be doing some streams. That's that, that channel is for people who just want to hang out with the Nash to come hang out. So I'm, I'm excited to get that popping this year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, then let's get down to it. We are going to get back into Strange Aeons. We, it's been several weeks. We took the holidays off there from Strange Aeons. Our last show was in Philly. Our next episode is going to air live tomorrow night. Uh, yep. and the episode will, you'll, you'll get it on this feed next week, next Tuesday. We're back in it and you're going to get strange aeons every week. Um, and it is not live. It's, uh, recorded. Um, and it's going to be maybe a little bit shorter. They, those episodes are going to two and a half hours and we're going to target more like 90 minutes, something in that range, uh, for these episodes as we, shave a little bit away from strange aeons to prepare for gatewalkers and record gatewalkers while we're also recording strange aeons so just to give you a little behind the scenes on that we're we're going to be launching into that but we did want to get this new fod cooking and we wanted to do it with whatever we were recording which right now is strange aeons and it certainly is going to help us get ready and prepare better for uh the the rules as far as gatewalkers go i mentioned this previously uh, I don't know if people are going to remember, but we have an outside guide on this. Our good friend, Professor Eric. Uh, Professor Eric is going to be reviewing every episode, sending us a list of notes with his thoughts. And from there, you and I will walk through them and see 
how we did. It's kind of it's kind of a report card uh, from from the professor. Some good, some bad. <laughs> tell them um, what you told me about uh, Jared in episode zero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I got to tell you. So uh, Jared, the episode zero aired this week, and uh, Professor Eric. Without it was not on Professor Eric's uh, to do list to analyze Blood of the Wild. That was not uh, part of his. Uh, he's he's been very generous with his time. We don't want to take up too much of his time, and. Uh, he listened to episode, episode zero and Jared's like, I just got an email from Professor Eric with a page of notes on an episode zero. All I did was talk about the setting. What did I screw up? And uh, there was some rules discussion in there, it turns out. And uh, and Professor Eric was not uh, admonishing, but more so just talking through some things. And uh, it was just really funny. He is on top of it. We really greatly appreciate him. But also, let me just throw out this disclaimer for Professor Eric and and. You know what this segment really is? This, this this segment is We Are Stupid. And I always started off those articles with that phrase, some people know all of the rules of Pathfinder, but many, many more do not. And we are in that category. And Professor Eric would be the first to tell you that he does not know every rule of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, like the back of his hand. We are all imperfect beings. But the point here is we're trying our best. And when we are stupid, we're going to own up to it. So Professor Eric may miss some things and just let us know, uh, you know, tweet at us, uh, DM us, whatever, when when we we uh, get something wrong. And hopefully it'll make it into fodder uh, if we can turn it around fast enough. Did you know, kicking off the Philly show, there was a silly sort of uh, comment made about, uh, who was it, Aldo riding on Ethel at a certain point. Was it like right Skid on his shoulders? Skid loves doing this with his characters. It's always like, can I just jump on, whenever he plays like a halfway, he's like, can I just, and I'm like, sure. Right. Well, it turns out there's a rule for that. Uh, this is, is something that, yeah, I mean, it's something that kind of came out in the an- ancestry guide, uh, page 66, uh, professor Eric uh, referenced this as they developed some new ancestries, uh, that included the tiny size PCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be like a Sprite or something like that. You can be a tiny <laughs> PC <laughs> with a, re- with a reach of zero. You have to be in a creature's square to attack it. Like, like when, when you play that kind of PC, you must be tiny to ride another PC. Essentially, mm-hmm. you can't ride another PC by the book by raw when you are a smaller medium creature. And even if you're tiny, they have imp- they've put rules into the uh, ancestry guide for what that uh, what that means. You you roll initiative t- together and take the lower of the two. You lose one action per round. It's like both characters kind of become slowed because they have to focus on maintaining their wow. balance in the situation. So uh, neat, neat little rule. Uh, neat little rule there. Uh, you know, that's interesting. I think in he, he said you need to check the bulk rules if I would allow it for a non-tiny character. So off the top of my head, the ruling I would make is like the rider is slowed one and the mount is, should be slowed two. You know what I mean? Because you're if, if you're holding a, a heavier person, uh, you know, you're, you've got to do more work to actually move. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think that that's really fun. And, and that'll prevent like, – as soon as they hear that, they'll be like, oh, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, a positive in the Troy column here. Troy has been getting more natural and flexible with allowing more skills for recall knowledge and tailoring the discovered information according to the rolled skill. That is something really important that is brought up early, I think, in, in 2E rules where they explain these are meant to be flexible. There is yeah. not one way to go about recall knowledge. It is something that is going to have to be malleable to the situation, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you think got you to this to this place? 
Um, honestly, I think it's because I haven't spent a ton of time reading about the skills. So I'm just going with what naturally makes sense. Like you don't want to discourage people from rolling knowledge, but they should only get knowledge for what they actually know. If someone is trained in nature and someone else is trained in uh, arcana, if you want to roll, what do I know about this creature? And you roll a nature check. I shouldn't be telling you about its magical properties. Yeah. Even but if you I crushed can, the roll. Yeah. Even if you crushed the roll, maybe I can hint at something like, well, this seems a little unnatural what they're doing. Maybe it's, you know, but ultimately I, I still should be giving them knowledge, but just have it be focused on what they actually rolled. And I think that that's what Tui was trying to do to give you that flexibility. You could roll in on anything, but you should only get stuff that's germane to what you're rolling. Right. Whereas I feel like in one, it had a little bit more of a feel of, Oh, if it's a magical beast, it's knowledge arcana. Right. You know, or, and you can't roll anything else to learn about it. But with this, you can learn by rolling knowledge nature that it has maybe this property and this property, but that it is unnatural in these other ways. And you don't know the answers to maybe it's magical abilities. Right. In one, e, it was, Oh, I don't have that. And yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Shut down. Let's talk about Crushing Despair, uh, a spell cast by, I think, Eris. No, no, I'm sorry. Cast by the enemy on us, yeah, uh, I, on I the did. party. Uh, crushing Despair. And a few of us failed uh, the role, including me. And we got this wrong. Uh, this was a, a ruling you made on the fly that was just a little bit off, which is mm-hmm. when you fail that save for Crushing Despair, you have to make a save every round for one minute to see if you are slowed that round. Ah. The way we did it was when we succeeded at the first roll, uh, we failed, then succeeded the next round on that roll. And you said, nah, now you're, you're, you're free of the crushing despair. You don't I have see. to worry about it now. Uh, what Professor Eric says is his interpretation is you have to make that roll every round for one minute. And you basically have a 50-50 chance of being slowed or not. Yeah, if I, I'm remembering this live, and this happens a lot, like I think I realized it three rounds later, but I was like, well, we hands off the chess piece, let's move on, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, those mistakes are always going to happen in a show, but it's it's good to know uh, should, when and if Crushing Despair returns again, you know, we'll, we'll remember that, I think, a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, and he, he has a, an, a, an added note here. It's nice to see the players arguing for the harder option and the GM for the easier one, because I was like, I think that we should be rolling these every round, you know, and you're like, ah, you're fine. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Eric is plays a lot in uh, – uh, society play. So it plays with a lot of different kinds of players, a lot of different kinds of GMs. And he's like, generally speaking, everything's going to be easier if the players try to make it a little harder on them and the GM tries to make it a little easier on them. That's just going to make for a better table, you know, in general, <laughs> rather than the the um, <clears throat> the opposite, which I yeah. think is a little bit too, uh, too often the case. Organ Sight was ruled at the table. We did not 100% know if that recall knowledge was part of the spell. You ruled it as part of the spell and not an additional action. And that was correct. Troy! On a roll. Nice work. Nice work. Well, you know how I'm learning 2E? Um, I'm just studying. This sounds, it's probably going to sound obvious. And now that I, before I even get it out, I'm like, do I want to say this? But like, I'm just studying the specific rules for what I think is going to happen in the session. But I'm really studying it so that that knowledge sinks in. So that the next time that comes up, I don't have to study that. Like rather than just sitting with the rule book uh, and shoving needles into my eyes because that's so fucking boring, <laughs> I'm just really studying for what I think is going to be germane to each session. When a creature has attack and grab, yes, the correct ruling was made at the table uh, by you. The grab is automatic. You don't have to roll for that grab. It is another action, 
but the grab is automatic if it succeeds at the strike, right? Yep. That that sounds all familiar. So that, that was good to know. Speaking of strikes, we ruled this wrong. They do not have the manipulate trait. So uh, there shouldn't have been a flat check to strike while grappled. That is good to know. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that is key. So when look you, the, always look at those traits. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cut and dry. It's right there. But I'll say, like, in the moment, I mean, I've got the, the core rule book right here. It's hard to go to, like, what page is the actual strike paragraph <laughs> on, right? Where, like, yeah, the yeah. strike, ah, ah, and then you're just like, ah, just keep keep the show moving. So, but, it, yeah, that is, that is good to know. It, strikes do not have the manipulate trait. You know, if they did... Right. Think about this logically. If they did, strikes would provoke attacks of opportunity. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. So it, she would have intuited that. Intuited that. But there's a lot going on when we're live in front of five thousand people. Right. But if you intuit that, yeah, that would that would make it a little bit more obvious. But yeah, so you do not need that flat check when you're grappled uh, to to just attack the creature that's grappling you. Um, Skid at one point needed to uh, – or uh, maybe Ethel needed to attempt an escape, and Skid was correct in saying that the escape action does have the attack trait and would take the multiple attack penalty on the roll. So if you attacked once, then tried to escape, you take a penalty on that roll uh, equal to the map, the multiple attack penalty. Way to go, Skid. Way to go, Skid. Um, stunned one – versus slowed one we went back and forth on this and this is just a minor difference but professor eric is a genius at pointing these things <laughs> out in the moment uh i basically said they're the same thing stunned yeah. one and slowed one are the same thing so what's the difference they are the same thing you lose an action that, that that's it you lose an action in that round right. uh, i i used to think that stunned one meant one round you are stunned like you can't do anything it just means you lose one action then you get that back after that uh, takes place. So what makes those different? The difference is that when you are stunned, you can't take a reaction. So very small difference. But when mm. you are stunned one, you can't take reactions. When you're slowed one, you can still take reactions is my understanding okay. of that. Uh, so just just a minor difference, but but could have uh, could have come into play. Yeah, that's um, good to know. We, we know up. that there's a difference. We just didn't know what the difference was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, messed up a very minor thing on Needle of Vengeance. This is a basic thing. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, basic will saves. Basic saves. Basic fortitude saves. Just always remember. The, the flow for those is double damage, regular damage, half damage, no damage right. in terms of crit to crit fail to crit fumble. Uh, so I believe there was a successful roll on the save, but we didn't deal half damage to the creature because mm -hmm. they succeeded at the save. But in fact, it's a basic save. So they should have taken four points of damage. I yeah, think I remember that exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 That, when you see basic, sometimes you just forget. But that, it's very easy to remember that double half full. Double no. half full. Uh, an interact action has the manipulate trait. So you would need to do a flat check to draw a weapon. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and so we did, we ruled that correctly. That was, that was done correctly on the spot, but that's a so neat little smart. grainy like spot. Yeah, it is. We're so going to have to rename this. We are smart. <laughs> we are smart. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to get, uh, you know, let's just wrap it up with this one. We are stupid, and I am stupid. This this is kind of a big one. Atticus needs to spend an action to fly. So 
I was already flying at the very end of the episode. This is going into this week's new app. Oh, I, I am flying, right? I then had another round to prepare. So I cast invisibility cloak, which is my new focus power for eighth level. Mm-hmm. That is two actions. I was like, I got an action left. I'll do a perception check. And I rolled super high and we got all this information out of it. Professor Eric is like, your ass should be on the ground because <laughs> you have to spend an action to fly. Every is round. it an action to hover? I, I don't know. I'm going to dig into it. I think it, it is. Yeah. You, you, if you're if you're flying, you have to spend an action to hover. And I know that because I've fucked it up and realized it, and I just haven't flown since. But yeah, if you don't <laughs> move while you're flying, and I love that because you yeah. used to have to roll a uh, in one e like DC 15 fly check to hover. Now it's just you have to spend an action to stay in that spot. Right. I was thinking about getting up there, right, flying up into the air, and then just like three action magic missile, doo, 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 like can't do it. You, I mean, you can do it, and then you plummet to the ground. <laughs> so, like, uh, it's interesting. You do have to spend an action flying. To me, that was one of the the biggest mistakes. It seems like a small error, but it is if, – if Professor Eric didn't write this, I would not have known going into our next episode that I had to spend a, an action every round to fly. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, this is brought to my attention, and uh, I'm going to dig into it. Yeah, you know what's nice about that is like you – well, I guess you always kind of move. Like if you move, you don't have to spend an action to fly. That's that's your action. That's flying. Yeah. yeah, that's flying. Um, but it does like – you can't just sit there and blast. You've got to burn that action. I like that. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. That was that was the, the list uh, from Professor Eric. We are stupid on crushing despair and uh, fly checks uh, <laughs> and riding other PCs. But otherwise, <laughs> nothing too tragic. Nothing too tragic in this app in terms of, uh, of getting rules wrong that really um, imbalanced the game. I don't really think that that was the case. Some of this stuff was definitely in all of this stuff, I think, was in the PC's favor. You were, yeah. you were being very generous. Well, I haven't gamed in a month. I had, the last time I gamed was the Philly show. And then we've got this show tomorrow night. Um, so expect lots of rules errors. <laughs> I have not gamed <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been a hell of a break. And, uh, yeah, we're going to dig in and get some, we're going to really dig in and get some stuff wrong this week. And we'll be back. We'll be back next week with a new FOD with updates on what we did right, what we did wrong. This is and, fun. Uh, I'm yeah, glad we're back. It's just, it's just fun. Glad we're back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glad to be back on the, the main GCP feed. Um, yeah, I, I, I love I love the old school FOD. I love getting back to, uh, you know, the, the way things used to be, uh, as they say. Um, Do they say sorry, that? Sorry, I've got a foul up They here. say the uh, way we were. I've never heard them say the way things used to be. <laughs> the way things used to be. As they say. You know me. I'm an improv wordsmith. That's my, that's my jam. Nate, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for hanging out for, uh, for the, new, uh, the new old FOD. It's great to be back, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Bye! You want to come play Dark Souls with me? <laughs> Let's get in some Dark Souls! Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.
On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.